Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Hello, everyone. My name is Mike Cleveland, and I'm in Washington State talking to a friend of mine from Georgia. This is Doug, and Doug, so good to have you on today. Thank you for taking your time to join us. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this time together. Me too. And I know a little bit of your story, and I uh, have always appreciated the comments you've made on our Marco Polo groups. Um, and today you have called in to share your story. We, we like to use the scripture to, um, you know, start thinking about our stories and to share with people. And you and I have chosen 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And Doug, let's just go through this together and uh, it'll spark some thoughts for us. So um, you want to read the first verse there, verse 14 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Sure. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. So as we look at that, it's clear that the, the message of the cross is what controls us. It compels us. Um, and, and so we're seeing that in order to be compelled by love or controlled by love, we have to see the cross. And, and um, Doug, as you look at this verse and you see uh, what the cross, the message of the cross does here in controlling us, are you, do you feel that? Do you experience that controlling and compelling um, that it's talking about here in verse 14? I do more so now than I did in the past. Um, I definitely... Uh, the cross was more of like, like, like kind of like a nice story, kind of like um, something that every Christian should just know about more intellectually, um, more theologically in a sense. But um, when I stopped to really um, think about the reason why Christ went to the cross that is what really um, penetrated my heart more so than just, oh, he went to the cross to die for our sins, kind of like in a quick way to say it, um, that it was, it was love. Um, and that love that Christ has for me compels me to respond differently to him or to, to, to not want to hurt him because of what he did for me. So yeah, it definitely um, has more of a relational impact than just an intellectual ascent, if that makes sense. That is a really good way to describe it. I think because for so long I had been in the intellectual ascenting camp, you know, where I was like, oh, yeah, I know about the cross. And yeah, you know, that's what saves us. And I almost passed it off as, as being irrelevant um, until 
you know, I came to my senses and really began to look at the cross and, and really see, like you said, it's the love that compelled him. And now his love compels or controls us um, because we're convinced that he died uh, for us and, and therefore we died in him. So verse 15 says, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And so we're seeing the gospel all the way through this, Doug. Um, and one of the, the phrases here is that those who live should no longer live for themselves. Now, I'll tell you, <laughs> for me, it was, I, I lived for decades for myself. The, the first half of my life was lived for me in my own uh, lusts of my flesh, involved in pornography, impurity, gluttony, drunkenness, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and I know you have as well in some areas. And what, what would you say, how long do you think that you could say that you lived for yourself in this lifestyle of, of selfish living? Well, <clears throat> I got saved when I was 16. So when I say saved, I kind of came to a new relationship with Christ. So before then, as a child, as a teenager, I really didn't understand a whole lot. Um, but as I got introduced to Christ and became a Christian when I was a teenager and um, got married when I was 23, um, I think that was kind of like the beginning point as a Christian, realizing that I cannot live autonomously, meaning I cannot be alone, that I impact others around me. And, um, but I realized that <clears throat> for decades, I mean, I was introduced to pornography when I was nine. So, and I'm 50 today, um, right now. And um, <clears throat> it really wasn't until probably for three to four decades when I vacillated in and out of continually realizing that I've been living for myself. And um, even up to last year when I went through the new course and there was something that was compelling me to retake the, the purity course um, that didn't, everything else didn't seem to answer the question of, of understanding biblical truth and understanding how to live for Christ or what, the gospel men or what Christian, everything was just becoming very confusing. And because of that, I went back and everything came back to that cross. The, the, the messages in the, in the lessons brought me back to the cross. And I had to then realize that because of what Christ did for me, I can now do that for others. Meaning initially, you know, I've been living for myself for a year, for years. Now I may have had seasons of selflessness, but it never was lasting. It never, never was um, deep. It was just kind of self-motivating in a sense. And now I, everything that I think about now, when it comes to circumstances and issues, I have to now reflect, okay, Christ went through a lot more than this on the cross for me. And now I can start living like this and trying to, and, and dying to myself, starting with my wife, starting with my kids, 
I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet, 100%. But now I can say, oh, I can now go to the cross. I can now look at Jesus and say, okay, now I can reflect upon that one pinnacle, that one central thought um, that helps me to, to keep myself out of the picture, in a sense, that really nothing else matters. It's Christ that matters. You know, when I think of all the people right now that are, that are dealing with a lot, you know, if they had Christ, they wouldn't be dealing with a lot because they would have Christ to be that anchor, that, that support. And, and it's not about me, it's about Christ. So, and then now, because of that, we can give of, give of ourselves to others because we're not, we're, not the, we're not the center anymore. Christ is the center. So. That is a powerful um, testimony that you just gave. So if I understood you right, it was probably 40 years, at least, uh, in, in some type of involvement in impurity. Is that, a, is that a correct statement? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And then you have attributed that uh, no longer involved in this because of looking at the cross. Um, Correct. And this is exactly what it says in verse 15, right? In verse 14 also, we're now being compelled because we're convinced that Christ died for all. If you are convinced or if you are for sure that Jesus went to the cross and poured out his blood for you and you're convinced that he took God's wrath away from you and that you no longer have guilt, you are then able and free to lay down your life for others. In fact, I think that that's what it's meaning in verse 16. And I never really understood verse 16 very well up until now. But mine says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Uh, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. And my thought here was that the cross changes our view of others. Um, we see how God did not view us in our sin, right? He viewed our sin taken off of us and put on Jesus. He views us. He, in other words, he looks at you and he sees you clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So he's not viewing you from a worldly point of view. Uh, he's seeing you as he sees his own son. Um, what what does that thought do for you just now as you think about that? For probably, you know, for months I wrestled with this idea because I had so much lasting deep shame and guilt and regret yeah. and self-loathing and just um, just utter despair sometimes just not knowing if I'll ever get free from this because of that. And once I think it was a couple months ago when I was going to the course and there was a couple times when the lessons just the scriptures just penetrated my heart and I stopped to think about, you know, what Christ did, what Jesus did for me on the cross and just that alone gave me hope and gave me freedom to now think, 
if I'm, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty incredible thought to think about a person like me with all the things that I've done, the thoughts, the actions, the sinful things. And it has, it has set me free in a sense that I now know that Christ loved me enough to take that severe punishment that I deserve and sees me now as part of his family and a child and loves me because of what Christ did on the cross. And, and now that I can, because of that new relationship and it wasn't like, you know, the difference between when I became a Christian or said a prayer when I was 16 to today, it wasn't like a, a, a switch, a switch that flipped and all of a sudden, boom, I became a Christian. It was like a slow transforming conviction of my heart of reading the scriptures and meditating on what Christ did and thinking about it and pondering it and contemplating it and going and actually, you know, I have a couple times I had to like look at images of Christ, think of images of Christ on the cross and kind of in my mind read scriptures about what he actually did and, and how much suffering he experienced all for me. I, I'm, I, sometimes I'm like, I don't deserve this. I should be in hell because of the stuff I've done and how I've hurt my family and how I've hurt so many other people. And here he, here he went to the cross, knew about this for me, and then he does this for others. So it's, it's incredibly overwhelming to think how much, and I, as a human being, <clears throat> in my finite sense, um, can't comprehend that incredible love that a God has for mankind to do what he did and because I can't, I don't have that capacity. Maybe I, maybe I, with his spirit, but capacity to love another person so much that he would die for someone. Not like, not just die, but suffer and die. And then, so it's just, um, it's just overwhelming sometimes to contemplate and think about um, what Christ did on the cross and um, and now that he's because of that, he welcomed me into his family because of that sacrifice, that that punishment, that price that Christ paid on the cross for me, that debt, the wages of sin is death. And Jesus paid that wage, that sin that I mean, for my sins. And now it's paid. I'm free because it's because it's finished. So. Um, <laughs> and, and what you're just doing right now is you are giving a lot of people hope because what you just said was you were completely hopeless. You were desperate. You, you, uh, had been decades in bondage to sin, living this life for yourself. And now you just said that because of the payment Jesus made, you are free. And, yes. and Doug, this is what has to get out to people that there's a way to be free. There's a way to live in faith and in hope and not in despair and, and thinking that, you know, I deserve punishment and I'm guilty and I'm ashamed. No, Jesus took the punishment. Jesus 
actually became sin and took our guilt upon himself and suffered under the weight of it and shed his blood to atone for all our wrongs. And that's why we can come to verse 17, right? Do you have verse 17 there? I do. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is the new creation. <clears throat> the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So we want to be, and a lot of people talk about recovery, you know, and, and um, I'm going to work the program and recover. But actually, a Christian doesn't recover. He dies. Uh, he dies with Christ and is raised to new life. And so the old has gone. It's been crucified on a cross and buried in a tomb and is gone forever. The old Mike, the old Doug, has been uh, crucified with Christ. So the new life is here. The new Doug is here. Now, that doesn't mean, like you said, that we're perfect, does it? But it just means that we have a new heart, a new motive. We have a new spirit. Um, and so we have new desires, new thoughts. We interact with people in a new way. Um, and so, you know, just as we, as we kind of finish up, let's read verses 18 and 19 and talk about them. It says, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. And so, Doug, if you think about it, God didn't count your sins against you. He counted them against Jesus. And that's how he reconciles us to himself. He removes that sin barrier and puts it on his son. And the son dies under the penalty of our sin. We get free from that, and we become new creations now, be we're mm -hmm. reconciled to God. And, and this is how the power of the cross sets us free. So, Doug, you, you talked about 40 years in, in bondage, and we don't want to go back there because that's, you know, crucified with Christ and buried in a tomb. What is it like to be raised with Christ? What is it like to be a new creation, to have a new heart? And what? just tell me a, briefly your experience with this new life that we have. I, it's, I honestly, Mike, I can't even, uh, remember the past. Honestly. I mean, there's times when the devil wants to tempt me and pull me back to that way of thinking or that those emotions and those feelings and those habits. Um, but I know that if I would go down those, they would, they would lead me to death. So I, I'm don't even know what it feels like really. I'm just, I'm now a new, I'm just a different person. Again, I have a new way of thinking in a sense that I, I know who to go to, who loves me. And I now have a new relationship with God that was different from before, before it was more like, Workspace performance and law based where now it's like I now I'm just I'm just thrilled to reading the Bible is totally different. It's like I go to the, the Bible and, and say after going through the course now it's like okay God what do you want to say to me? What do you want to talk to me about? And now I can 
talk back to God about the scriptures. Say, you just show me this. I'm learning this. What does this mean? Um, and even if I don't, if I, you know, make a mistake or mess up or don't read my Bible that day or, or something, God, you know, helps me, draws me back to himself without condemnation. So I think that's really the key. That is the key. Um, we, we don't naturally want to come to the Bible, right, and read. Uh, we sense that there is something between us and God. Right. When, when we see Jesus being condemned and we say, wait a minute, if he was condemned, then I'm not. And, and yep. because he was condemned, I'll never be condemned. In fact, no, uh, there cannot be any accusation made against you or I, Doug. Who can bring any accusation against us? Who, right. who, who could condemn us? Christ Jesus who died. <laughs> you know, and so if he died for us under our condemnation, He's not going to condemn us. And that frees us, like you said. Now we read the scriptures differently because we are free from condemnation and judgment. Uh, that's all been taken away at the cross. So it frees us up to open God's yes. word freely. We come to him as a son to a father, uh, not as a criminal to a judge. And right. it has changed our relationship dramatically. And mm -hmm. you're, you're experiencing this, Doug. You're you're living in it. And, um, and so just as we have to bring this to a close, brother, I've sure appreciated hearing from you. This has been amazing. Just thinking about somebody who is right now where you used to be. They are under guilt. They feel condemnation. Their, their sins loom large in their minds. They have the wrong vision, don't they? Um, and so they are living in defeat. And they think, man, I'm not ever going to get out of this. There's just no way. It's who I am, and that's all I have, and this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. What would you say to them, brother? What thoughts do you have? Because I notice here it ends in verse 19. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So how would you convey that message to somebody who's where, right now where you used to be? Uh, that's a great question. I think... If I met a person on the street, a Christian brother who was having this sin bondage in their life, I would say, there is someone who loves you, and that love is because somebody did something for you and they would need to, I, I think I would share with them I think the message I would share with them would be about the cross simply. I mean, I would say to them, there's nothing you can do because it was something was done for you. And if you could look at what somebody did for you, that would change your heart. And that I would tell that person about their, their current state of relationship between them and God can be restored 
if they know who, who, what God did for them through Jesus on the cross. I mean, basically, when I talk to people or share the gospel with them, I tell them, yes, you know you're a sinner. Yes, you know you've committed adultery. You've done all these other things. You've broken God's law. But there is forgiveness because of what he did on the because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he took on that. There's nothing you can do because he did it for you. It's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift because of what Christ did for you. And all you need to do is believe in that and trust in that truth. And basically look at the cross. I would just tell them, look at, read, read the stories of the, of the cross. I mean, seriously, the only, there really is no magical um, formula. There's no 10 steps to stopping pornography. There's no 10, there's no five steps to changing a habit because it's a heart change. I would say just stop and think about someone who loved you enough to die for your sins and to look at the cross. Because even before, Mike, before I did the, the setting captives free boot camp, I really wasn't, I was expecting the beginning, the first course that you did years ago. I was like, okay, more programs, more steps, more thoughts. But as I went through the course, I was like, this is just about the gospel over and over and over again. That's all it is. It's the gospel. It's what Jesus did on the cross. There really is no other magic formula. It's, it's what happened when the Israelites looked at the, uh, the bronze serpent in the desert to get saved. That's what heals a man. That's what frees a man. It's looking to Jesus, looking to the cross, looking, thinking about the gospel, meditating on the gospel reading and, and contemplating again there's no magic formula there's no um uh drug or pill or course or anything it's the cross it's it there's nothing else this, the cross is the only thing the, what jesus did on the cross for us is the only thing that's going to save us only thing that's going to free a person from pornography from sexual sin from overeating from whatever it is it's that's it there's really nothing <laughs> That's really it. I mean, the I've tried it all. My 40 years of, of counselors and courses and programs and 12 steps and meetings and everything, nothing's worked. Nothing. Everything's Everything has failed. This is the only thing that has given me freedom from my past. So, Well, I'm uh, Doug. I'm up here in the third heaven. I don't know if you can see me. I'm just rejoicing in that because you hit it right on the head. And I hope that gives someone hope. I hope they can see that, wow, I've not really turned and looked. I've not really turned and looked at the cross and seen one pouring out his life unto death and seen his blood atoning for all my wrongs, making me right with God and setting me free from sin. And you just said it in a powerful way. And we're going to close with that. Doug, thank you so much for taking your time to join me. Thanks, Mike. It was a blessing uh, meeting with you and going through Scripture together. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.